You're listening to 90.5 Seconds of the News on WUSC FM and HD1 Columbia. I am your host, Rosie James. This week, we're going to be talking about the rising apartment rates for students who live off campus, as well as the drinking culture at USC. Some fun things that happened this uh Today in History and this month, if you didn't know, this is Fundraiser Month for WUSC. It has officially started today. We have a crowdfunding page up. If at any time throughout the month you feel compelled to give, you can go to WUSC.FM and click on that donate page. In case you don't know, WUSC is a nonprofit student-run organization so we don't really get a lot of funding. Um, so we have to rely on people from the community to donate to us to keep the station running. This month, is the campaign will be going on. There are so many exciting things happening during fundraiser week, one of which is a concert that is actually happening tonight. Monday, we will have a bake sale here on campus. Uh, there will be a percent night at Mellow Mushroom. Lots of fun things happening this month with fundraiser week going on, I suppose. So stay tuned to WUSC to hear all about that, uh, not only from my show, but from everyone else's shows as well. And we will get started with these stories in just a moment. I think it's time to take a, a real quick break. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Okay, so it has come to my attention and probably others as well about the drinking at USC is getting a little bit out of control. Obviously, it's college. You can't escape it. No matter where you go, it's going to happen. So the state recently put out an article about the drinking culture at USC and how it's affecting the community. So the report from the state revealed that um, loads of drunk students have been overrunning Palmetto Health Baptist Hospital's emergency room after games, which is causing people who actually need help to not get all the attention that they need because as the hospital staff has, um, some of them have said, a lot of the students that come to the emergency room don't actually really need help. Um, yes, they may be drunk, but you know, for the most part, they aren't so drunk that they need to have their stomachs pumped or they need Im immediate medical attention. From what I gathered, they kind of just need to sleep it off. The nurses have said that drunk university students take away from other patients and that some of them become violent, that they're a strain on resources, and that a lot of this is happening around game day. But regardless of how drunk the students are when, when they come in, the hospital can't ignore them because federal law requires emergency rooms to treat anyone who, who comes in. The USC has come forward and did comment on this story as well. The USC Dean of Students, Mark Shook, said that 161 students were taken to Palmetto Health Baptist for alcohol or drug-related reasons last year. And 
Anna Edwards, USC's associate vice president for student life, said that 48 hours after being transported to the hospital, students are in the conduct office. This is not something that's being ignored, but I think it's something that we need to to draw attention to. Obviously, everyone knows that there is a big drinking culture in college. It's very stereotypical. And I don't think it's a problem that's necessarily going to go away. It's always going to be there, especially in USC, because we are so close and we have this five points culture with all of these bars relatively near us. Bringing awareness to things and getting the conversation started is definitely a, a first step. And obviously this conversation. Um, US or Palmetto State nurses also told the state that uh, violent students come in. One USC student allegedly bit a nurse before she was put in restraints and arrested. Nurses have been swung at and spit on by USC students. And most of the students coming in are around 18 to, to 19 years old. So uh, I would assume the freshman, sophomore age students. There, there are some, some measures, some steps that are happening. Um, for instance, um, one measure that was taken was by the Infraternity Council, which is the governing body that regulates fraternities. As many people probably know, the frat lots at game days have been a really big topic of conversation um, with students, particularly female students, having to, to go out and buy wristbands and male students having to know a fraternity brother in order to gain a wristband to get into these lots, which was a originally used as a, a means to control who all is is going into the lots, control the population because they have a tendency to get out of hand. Um, but in the student culture, it's kind of morphed into something more radical with, you know, people really fighting over who gets these wristbands, how quickly can I get one, you know, if I don't get one. So the Infraternity Council agreed to ban all alcoholic drinks that were more than 15 that contain more than 15% of alcohol. And they also told all the fraternities they must have at least 640 bottles of water present at their tailgating, which I assume is to, to help control how much alcohol is in your system if you're alternating your, your drinks with water, your drinks with food, you aren't going to get as drunk as quickly. Um, and then they also stated that fraternities caught violating this ban will not only receive a $30 fine per member of their fraternity, but they will receive a week's suspension from the tailgate lots. So the fraternity lots are going to have compliance checks prior to the lot opening, also at random times during the tailgating, and then as well as when the lot reaches its expected capacity, which again, they know what the expected capacity is because of the the wristbands. Um, so they have a certain number that they can sell each week. And then two, once again, the females are the ones who are allowed to buy the wristbands. And then I assume they also have a certain number that the members can give out to male friends who also want to come to the fraternity lot. And then you know, once you get there, there's this huge line. They're checking wristbands and and all of all of that. Um, so I I don't have the answers, but I know that there's got to be something out there. And 
like I said earlier, just getting the conversation going and getting people aware of what's happening, it's, it's how you change things. So that's what we're doing. We're talking about it. Okay, so those are my thoughts. And I think that is a good, this is a good time to take a break right now. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. Something that I'm pretty excited to bring you guys today, and it's time for Today in History. Um, so Today in History, is Thriller was released worldwide by Michael Jackson in 1983. So how exciting is that? Um... Also, not today specifically, but this month in history was something pretty, pretty exciting. You may have heard of it before, um, but it is the shootout at the OK Corral, which happened in 1881. In case you haven't heard of it um, and you don't want to listen to my voice, there also happens to be a movie about it. Um, but the shootout at the OK Corral was a 30-second shootout between lawmen and members of a semi-organized group of outlaws called the Cowboys. It happened in Tombstone, Arizona Territory. Arizona was not a state in this time. Um, and this fight has been become sort of the symbol of the Wild West um, and is arguably one of the most famous shootouts in American history. So the gunfight was a result of this long feud between the cowboys and the lawmen. And um, so during the feud, there was Billy Claiborne, Ike and Billy Clanton, and then Tom and Frank uh, McLaurie on one side. And then you had Tombstone's town marshal, Vigil Earp, um, special Policeman Morgan Earp, and then also Special Policeman Wyatt Earp. They were brothers, just in case you missed that part. And then, of course, our, the temporary policeman, Doc Holliday. Once again, this is all pretty cool if you watch the movie. Um, so all three Earp brothers had been targeted repeatedly by the Cowboys. You know, this has been a long-going standoff. Um, during the face-off... Um, the four lawmen faced five cowboys. Um, a few people died. Didn't take very long. You know, that quick draw, you see. Um, but like I said, the shootout has become representative of a period of American Old West where the frontier was an open range for outlaws and law enforcement did not oppose them. One tidbit that I found was very interesting. So in case you don't know, one of the reasons that this uh, shootout took place uh, was, among many other things, was that the Cowboys had entered the town of Tombstone, Arizona, and had not turned over their guns. So many towns in the Old West had law or rule or however you'd like to word it, where when you entered the town, you would hand over your gun 
and you would check it kind of like you would check your coat if you went somewhere fancy they give you like a ticket or a coin or whatever and then whenever you left town you could retrieve your gun um, but no one other than the law enforcement was supposed to have a gun and so it was an interesting fact that I found I also kind of find it funny that I mean could you imagine that today I don't really want to get in politics this is history but could you imagine having to check your gun when you enter town? I mean, there's towns everywhere, so there's not really, like, a remote place, I guess, where you would be allowed to have your gun. Um, but they didn't check their guns, and they were breaking the law. There's got to be a better way to explain that. But that's the way I'm going to explain it today. Now I want to go rewatch this movie. I haven't seen it in a really long time. My poppy really likes Western movies. Um, so we watched this quite a few when we were little like i said it's been a while so there we have it the shootout at the okay corral happened this month just in case you didn't know now you know you can go share that fun fact with all of your friends you can have a fun fact party so we're gonna take a quick break stay tuned we'll be back looking for a job worth talking about teaching is creative collaborative and intellectually challenging See why teachers have better work stories at teachdfw.org and learn more about becoming a teacher. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. So in case you are not a parent um, of a USC student or have been a parent of a USC student, living off campus is really not that much cheaper than living on campus. Basically, to be a student and be housed it's expensive. One apartment, though, in Columbia is making it even more expensive. One apartment building opened up yesterday at 10 a.m. Um, telling its students that prices were going to increase by almost $100 a room due to demand. They had originally given out some prices these are going to be your renewal rates and they increased drastically also in case you don't know there's a facebook parents page which blew up over this obviously um the general consensus was after calming some people down no this isn't illegal this is supply and demand this isn't price gouging which is what a lot of parents were accusing this apartment of but it's still kind of crappy uh, especially, you know, if you really like where you're living and now all of a sudden you can't live there. And this happens all the time. It just happens to be that this was brought to the attention of people really quickly because, but, you know, people are saying they've never seen anything like this before. What's going to happen? The apartment was telling people that prices are going to continue to rise throughout the day. Um, originally, it was something like maybe every hour. Um and then they were saying, oh, well, now every so many people were going to be increasing the rates. What started out as, you know, just normal, it sucks that we had to pay this much for a room, has turned into, oh my gosh, what's going on? A lot of parents have been commenting saying that they pay more for their child's one room than they pay per month for their mortgage. Um, apparently this complex is also charging parking by the month 
I mean, to some extent, it's really just the way it is. We also see this on campus, of course, with, you know, parking, just trying to find parking and having to buy parking passes in your garage. Um, my younger sister is a senior in high school this year. She's going to look at colleges. And one of the places that she visited, I can't remember the name of it now, charged like it was either $30 a semester or $30 a year for parking. I really want to say it was $30 a year, but that just seems too astronomically low. It's a smaller school than USC is, but still, I'm telling you. Um, obviously, parking is a really big issue on campus. Finding housing, there's plenty of housing options, and they're just all expensive. Uh, now to move on to a more interesting question mark topic. Uh, there has recently come to my attention that there is a play, a new play about to hit Broadway, about Hillary Clinton and her campaign in 2008 for her bid for president. I have nothing against anyone. Um, I opened up this article and I, I did a lot of digging on this story because I legitimately thought it was a joke. It's not. It's not a joke. Um, October 31st, uh, Playbill.com announced the Broadway cast for this play. Um, it is called Hillary and Clinton. The play is uh, explores the politics of marriage and gender roles as Hillary is at odds with her husband and her campaign manager um, during her bid for president in 2008. The play originally premiered in Chicago's Victory Gardens in 2006 and then headed to Philadelphia, Richmond, and Dallas and is now going to New York. Um, there will be preview showings in March and then it'll be open to the public in April so that about closes out our show I hope that you will join us again next week um, we'll come back with some more interesting stories uh, same bat time same bat channel for 90.5 minutes of the news this is Rosie James 